The following program brought to you by Comprehensive Financial Consultants and CFCI, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities are offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through CFCI and J.W. Cole Advisors. J.W. Cole Financial, J.W. Cole Advisors, and CFCI are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by the members of CFCI and their guests should not be construed as specific investment, legal, or tax advice. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. Investing may involve the risk of loss of principal, and any tax advice on the show is not intended to be used by any persons for the purpose of avoiding U.S. federal or state tax. Penalties that may be imposed on such persons and each listener should seek advice from their tax advisor or legal counsel on topics that arise from the show. The representatives of CSCI and their guests are not providing legal or tax advice, and nothing should be construed as a solicitation to offer or buy securities. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to Your Money with David Hayes. This is Doug Hughes live in studio with Mr. Wayne Thacker. Wayne, how are you doing today? Doing great, Doug. Thank you. Awesome. We're going to have an exciting show. We're going to cover some territory that I often cover when I uh, am in control of the radio show, and that is the three sleeves, the things we have total control over, the things we have some control over, and the things we have no control over. And from that springboard today, we're going to be talking about two things. Josh Norris is going to be calling on the other side of the break, and he's going to be kind of talking to us about Medicare and some uh, success stories from 2022 and then also some some health insurance questions. And then you and I are going to dive a little bit deep into the, the, new, the new retirement way of planning and thinking. And in particular, uh, we're going to be talking about pensions and Social Security and things of that nature. So we're going to be talking about some guaranteed income or protected income today, which is always is a good show. But before we get into the financial side of things, I know we've sat around a lot of breakfast, lunch, and dinner tables talking about the Indiana Hoosiers. Your thoughts on this is Thursday. Uh, your thoughts on last night's game in Minnesota? Hey, last night wasn't as smooth as the three games previous, but four in a row and a road win in the Big Ten is always good. So yeah. uh, we're excited about our local team right now. Yeah, it's a, a lot of buzz going on and a lot of excitement coming into this stretch before we get into March Madness. So for all you Hoosier fans out there, we had a few rough games in a row and we've had a few smoother games and some wins in a row. Kind of reminds you of a stock market or something Sounds like that. Sounds a little that. bit like the market, Sounds Doug. That's right. Volatile. All right, listen, this is Your Money with David Hayes. We'll be right back. This is Your Money with David Hayes. Doug Hughes live in studio. Just a reminder that Your Money with David Hayes is brought to you by Unrivaled Electric. They are your full-service electrical contractor specializing in generators and solar arrays. Veteran-owned Unrival Electric wants to be your electrician. Call them at 812-361-3604, or you can find them on Facebook. Um, Listen, one topic, Wayne, that we hear uh, people talk about, have confusion about, and ask a lot of questions about is Medicare. And in our office, we have a Medicare specialist. His name is Josh Norris. Uh, we spent a lot of time with him, and we've had him sit down with clients and people that we're working with and does an excellent job understanding and explaining some of these really very serious issues uh, when it comes to health insurance and retirement. It's great, Doug. I mean, besides you and I, Doug, Josh is the most important person at the office. Yeah, we're there's lucky no doubt to have about him. that. Our clients yeah. are lucky to have him. He uh, has a way of giving people peace about these complicated, the complicated system that is uh, Medicare. 
Absolutely, and it's on everyone's mind. So joining us now is Mr. Josh Norris, one of the three most important people in the office, as declared by Wayne Thacker. Uh, Josh, how are you doing today? Doing great, doing great. Thank you. Feel good good about this. Yeah. Listen, we we bring you on a few times a year and talk about this. Um, Going, you know, you're kind of through the 2022 year and, and the people who are signing up and making these uh, elections and decisions about um, uh, Medicare. Any changes that people need to be aware of from 2022 into 2023? Anything on the horizon? Uh, I mean, nothing too drastic with changes. I mean, the the premium for Medicare actually went down uh, about $5, so that's good. Uh, I think, you know, one change out there that's uh, newer right now is what they call the open enrollment period. And that's for people to, you know, switch their plan. They can go like to like. uh, Or if they're on an advantage plan, they can go back to original Medicare. So this this time of year is for people who maybe missed their chance uh, at the end of last year to reevaluate and change if they wanted to. Or for people who are on an advantage plan and they want to go back to original Medicare instead. So uh, this is a it is a newer uh, enrollment period than what has been available in the past to people. Okay, and so so when can they they can do this at any time now? No, it's it's from January one. So the beginning of this year it started to March thirty first. So March thirty first is the last day where somebody. So say for example, they're in an advantage plan. And uh, for some reason, they don't like it anymore or there's a better advantage plan out there, they can switch to that other advantage plan. Like once they can go like to like uh, or their or their drug plan. You know, say they have a they didn't change their drug plan last year and and uh, they didn't realize there was going to be some major changes to their plan or maybe their current needs change drastically. Uh, they can switch to a different drug plan uh, uh, that better suits them. So that's one way that people can uh, take advantage, no pun intended, uh, of the enrollment period. <laughs> Absolutely. Josh, let me give you a couple of, I, I hate to refer to them as softball questions, but the questions that are asked over and over again of us as, as Wayne and the other advisors in the office and I are, are talking to people, when do people need to apply for Medicare? And I know we ask you this and, and you've answered it a bunch of times, but um, one more time is, is just as helpful as the first time. Uh, when do people need to apply? Yeah, well, it will depend. So if somebody is, is, about to, is about three months from turning 65 and they don't have credible coverage, meaning they don't have coverage through employment or through their spouse's employment, then they need to enroll to Medicare. Uh, they, that's, you know, everybody keeps calling me all the time, and especially people who are still working. Uh, even, you know, past the age of 65 or, hey, everybody keeps telling me I have to enroll, but I have coverage through my employer. And if I don't enroll in Medicare, I'm going to get in trouble. You know, is this true? And, you know, the answer is, as, as if you, if a person is going to continue to work and have coverage through their employer or their spouse's employer, then the answer is no, they don't have to enroll into Medicare. But if they don't have that, then yes, they do need to enroll into Medicare. And the two ways to do that are by being uh, by taking, by having being taken your Social Security benefit. So if somebody is already taking their Social Security benefit, they will be automatically enrolled into Medicare when they turn 65. Uh, if somebody is not taking their Social Security benefit and they're wanting to 
go onto Medicare, they have to initiate that enrollment, and they can do that at ssa.gov, or they can just go to their local Social Security office to do that. So. Okay, great. And, and so let's switch gears for one moment because here's another question that comes up quite a bit. Um, someone has a year or two to fill between the, when they retire, 62 or 63, and they get to age uh, before Medicare at age 65. What do they do? Yeah. What, what, kind of, um, what kind of policies are out there? Or what are you recommending to those people who have just 12 or 24 months uh, before they turn 65? It's always worth looking at keeping their – so they'll have the ability to keep their plan that they have through their employer, through the through COBRA. That's what COBRA allows people to do is to keep their employer plan. Uh, but then, you know, up to 18 months. Uh, but when people do that, then they're not, you know, they're not working anymore. So then if somebody chooses to do that, they're going to have to pay the full price of what of what that plan costs. And usually it's, it's pretty pricey. Uh, but some people choose to do that because the benefits to employers are, can be very good sometimes. Uh other options are for people to go to the Affordable Care Act, the healthcare.gov, uh, or uh, or slang term, you know, Obamacare. Uh, those plans are good for people because one, they don't exclude pre-existing conditions, so all pre-existing conditions will be covered. They don't have to worry about that. And then two, they can actually get help paying for the premium based on their annual income. So that's usually the first two places that I look to for those kind of retirees, people retiring before age 65 that need coverage is one, look at your plan, look at your current plan through COBRA, and then two, pivot over to healthcare.gov and see if you can get a nice subsidy to help pay for that premium. Sounds great. Well, uh, we know that we'll be calling upon you and having people uh, sent your direction. We were just talking to someone uh, yesterday who's going to be giving you a call to talk about these things. Nobody wants to talk about health awesome. insurance, but they right. have a lot of. <laughs> but when it comes at you really quickly, you need to have a lot of a lot of things prepared. So it's a good thing to do. Go ahead, Mike. Josh, there's also some, you know, in the example we just talked about, someone not Medicare age, maybe retiring. Uh, but someone that has maybe some cash that they can live off of for a year or two or three, uh, there's some planning opportunities around their their health insurance uh, there that can be used as well, right? Definitely, yeah. They can instead of you know if somebody has the ability to do that, if they've put a if they've stocked enough cash away, and you know they can and they can live off that, you know, off their savings, you know, like that wouldn't be considered income, so that would only help them. Uh, get a better tax credit or subsidy to help pay for their health insurance. So, yeah, we've, we've seen a couple people uh, be able to do that and look to that option. It's a, it's a great uh, uh, option to look at for sure. Great. And, Josh, let, let's uh, – we're going to let you go here in just a moment, but I want to ask you one one last thing. Do you have a success story from 2022, someone who you were able to help navigate through Medicare that you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, I helped, uh, you know, one lady uh, – just in terms of saving her money on her on her supplement, you know, she was in her 80s and she had been paying for the same supplement for you know since she was age 65. And and supplements go up every year based on your age. That's, that's no company doesn't do that. Uh, so you know, she was paying a significant amount uh, of money for her supplement, and uh, I was able to shop around for her. And we uh, looked, we found a supplement that was a way uh, cheaper rate and. With no, with, with, with still great benefits though. We didn't cut any benefits, 
So, you know, I was able to save her over, over a hundred bucks a month. So, you know, it's all, it also is good to help people do that. So. so whether it's, you know, saving on some premium or adjusting some coverages, you're able to help people do all this. And we appreciate right. uh, what you've been able to do and what you're going to continue to be able to do. So listen, folks, as you're making these retirement planning decisions, remember things you have some control over, no control over, total control over. One of the most uh, one of the most important topics that you're going to have to figure out and, and items you're going to have to address is how you're going to deal uh, with health care coverage in retirement. It's a big discussion. Uh, feel free to call Josh Norris or office anytime. He'll be glad to sit down and talk with you about that. Josh, we're going to let you go. We need to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to turn loose on the traditional view of retirement and the new view of retirement and what that means for protected income. This is Your Money with David Hayes. Welcome back to Your Money with David Hayes. This is Doug Hughes live in studio. Your Money with David Hayes is brought to you by attorney Lance Like at the Like Law Group. Give yourself and your family the peace of mind that comes with proper estate planning. Call Lance Like at the Like Law Group at 812-323-8300. Wayne Thacker is live in studio with me today. Wayne, there is, before we get to finances, there really is nothing like having an estate plan put together, is there? When we talk about things you can control, things you can't control, and things you have some control over, uh, having an estate plan put together really does begin to uh, pull all of your thought processes together for what if a crisis happens now or at my eventual death. Maybe it's a smooth ride and you pass away. You've got a plan. If something goes really wrong, you've got a plan. I think inherently we all want to control every aspect of our lives and every aspect of our death, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so having an estate plan allows you to at least have some control, maybe yeah. total control, absolutely, over what happens with your estate. It's actually a, a, a an investment that uh, if done properly and um, is funded properly and looked after properly, pays off a great gain. You know, now that you mention it, I can't think of one person that has had their estate plan completed that has said the words, I, I wish I hadn't done that. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Wayne, let's let we're going to talk today about protected income, but we want to we want to start with just again going back to what the traditional view of retirement was, and that was pretty basic. When people went to work, they'd work at the same place for thirty to forty years, and when they walked out, they had some savings, they had their house typically paid off, um, and they had this this thing called a pension. And that pension, they knew exactly what it was going to be. They knew when they were going to start getting it. And they pretty well had a pretty, pretty. I hate to use the word simple, but it was a pretty drawn out path that was that was pretty simple to follow as to what retirement was like. And then you pull into where we're at today and, and everyone has so many things and decisions they have to make um, that are, are, are impactful that, that don't feel maybe impactful because they're 30 years off and you don't want to think 30 years off. But the traditional view was very steady. It was very set. There wasn't a lot of volatility to it. But then you add in human nature and the planning on our own part and what we have to do. And, Wayne, what we've seen in the new view of retirement is is nothing less than a lot of guesswork and a lot of hope and a lot of percentages and a lot of performance chasing and a lot of things that, that uh, quite honestly, people as a whole 
aren't really great at. No, no. In the old days, your your map was was there for you. You relied on the employer to basically take care of you in old age. Mm-hmm. And with the incoming of the 401k and the matches and the uh, the the bonuses and things like that, now the onus of your retirement was put on you. Save the money, invest the money, grow the money, and then figure out how to live off the money for the rest of your life when you do enter retirement. Exactly. Let's let's talk for a couple minutes about Social Security because uh, that is something many years ago you really took on as, as one of your, your projects, something you really educated yourself about and uh, taught a lot of classes and have helped people with this. Um, Tell me a little bit about what's going on with Social Security today. We've we've all read we've had some big increases for inflation and uh, things of that nature. What are you seeing as you're researching Social Security right now? This is a really excellent year for Social Security. You know, this month, Doug, people that are getting a benefit and people not getting the benefit yet all received an 8.7% increase. These are substantial dollars. Mm -hmm. As you enter retirement, there's not a lot of places where you're going to get pay raises anymore. You know, there's no uh, Uncle Sam to really go ask for a pay raise. It's it's mandated with Social Security. This is a great avenue. Again, we've talked a lot on this show and a lot in our office about delaying Social Security, maximizing Social Security. A lot of those strategies have gone away, but there are still strong cases for waiting as long as possible because when you get these 8.7% increases, which by the way, Doug's the highest increase in over 40 years wow. for Social Security, then you're getting these increases on a higher amount, which is always a good thing. Gotcha. Let me ask you a couple of very simple questions that everyone has, and, and these will be pretty, pretty, uh, pretty light, but it's on everyone's mind. They might forget the answer. Maybe the rule has changed. Uh, husband and wife, um, people come in all the time and they'll say, well, I get half of, of his or I get half of hers, whichever is the higher Social Security payment. Is that true? And how does that work? Well, it is kind of true still. You you will get the highest uh, benefit that's due to you, whether it's your own benefit or half of your spouse's benefit if you didn't have a lot of earnings throughout your life. So these Planning strategies revolved around spousal benefits and maximizing your own benefits. Again, Doug, these have changed. They've really scaled back what the consumer is able to do now as far as maximizing Social Security. So the old wait as long as possible is probably the best route now. But there still are some spousal planning tools uh, available. We can walk people through that there are just a few of those things that do exist still today. But if if the say that the the husband has the higher of the two social securities and uh, half of his is higher than his spouse's social security when he goes on when he claims social security the spouse can claim half of his social security. That is correct. You can still have the the 50% spousal uh, 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 social security benefit that's available. And more important than that, at some point in time, especially in a married situation, someone's going to pass on before the other in mm-hmm. a lot of cases. So the higher Social Security amount will still stay for the surviving spouse, no matter if it's the highest wage earner or the lower wage earner. Excellent. What, what uh, advice do you have for people who are kind of just they know that they've just heard some things about Social Security. They're assuming some things about Social Security. 
Is there a good analysis tool out there? Should they come in and talk to a professional about Social Security planning? What should should someone who has never done this other than what we all traditionally used to do, just open up the, the uh, notification from Social Security and say, oh, I'm going to get this, this, and this. Yeah. Uh, what, what is the best path for someone right now? The best path is really to seek out professional advice because, Doug, Social Security planning is so much more than just looking at your Social Security. It's looking at uh, your health care coverage, your estate planning, as you alluded to earlier, what's going to happen when one person dies. It's looking at your investments, too. Is there a way to maximize your Social Security by managing the investments a little differently? Or should you take Social Security now, allowing your investments to maybe grow a little further down the road? So it's a complicated process that you really should seek professional service to uh, analyze these different things. So there's no one tool on the Internet that I've found that really brings it all together. And, you know, that's that's why we're here. So uh, when it comes to Social Security and the reason why it's such an important decision and you really need to make sure you're making the best decision for yourself, it's kind of irreversible once you make that decision. There's a little little bit of wiggle room or none anymore. A little bit of wiggle room. You do have 12 months. It, you know, Let's say you applied for Social Security and you realize six months down the road that you shouldn't have. You can turn it off. You can actually pay back the money, and it's almost like it never happened again. Uh, We do have some cases where someone will take Social Security and the next thing you know, they find themselves maybe a dream job or a retirement gig Mm -hmm. that they just really love so they can turn off Social Security. You don't have to pay the money back and then you can start earning what's called delayed credits again within Social Security too. So there's a few little things there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you have any good success stories you'd like to share about Social Security planning? We're not talking about markets up or down. We're talking about something that everyone will have to make a decision about. Still, another great uh, story this year happened with a, um, I, I had someone who, whose spouse had passed away years ago, years ago, Doug, probably uh, 25 years ago. They were married for more than 10 years, and this person was working wanted to retire, 63 years old, didn't really, you know, kind of assume that they were going to have to work for another six, seven years to, to maximize Social Security. So what we uncovered was a widow benefit they didn't even know they were eligible for. And so uh, with some planning, this person's now going to be able to retire at 65 because of the health insurance mm-hmm. and receive some income that they, they didn't think would exist while still maximizing their own benefit potentially all the way out to age 70. Well, terrific. Well, you know, one of the things that we always say to people is when it comes to retirement planning, you have to look at so many different angles. And unfortunately, people are just looking at 401k or they're just looking at how the market is doing and what's going on. But the truth is income planning instead of income guessing is really what determines the comfort level and the consistency of retirement, not just trying to pick the best investments. This is Your Money with David Hayes. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Your Money with David Hayes. Doug Hughes live in studio with Mr. Wayne Thacker. Uh, Your Money with David Hayes is brought to you by Kenny Bland Auctions. It's your full-service auction service. Offering pre-planning for the sale of your estate or real estate. Visit them online at KennyBlandAuctions.com. Great folks there at Kenny Bland Auctions. 
Wayne, uh, we've been talking about things you can control, things you can't control, things you have some control over. Um, over the years, uh, we've been doing a lot of income planning for people, and we run into this, this big decision for people in their lives, much like Social Security, and that is, what about those folks who have pensions? Now, we know that pensions for the last several years have been on the decline. So there's not as many uh, of these people out there uh, today as there used to be. But um, I, I want to approach this in a few different ways. Before we talk into the details about pensions, I just want to remind people out there that, you know, it is worth your investigation to look around at all the employers that you worked at over the years and find out if there is an old pension out there that is forgotten about, you don't know anything about it. Um, we have folks who, who come in and see us quite a bit who somewhere along the way worked for some company or, or for the state or for the government for 10 years at this point or that point, and, and they have a pension out there. So um, I just want to remind everyone to, to make a list of the places you worked, and, and you might want to go down that checklist and see if there was a pension uh, that was available, or that that is available to you that you didn't um, that you didn't think about or know about. Otherwise, for the most part, people know if they have a pension, and uh, they get statements on that pension. A couple items you can do with an old pension that's out there. Some companies are offering lump sum buyouts. Uh, interest rates have have been favorable, or their markets have been favorable, and they would rather this. Get that off. Their Get books. that off their books, and so we we do see quite a bit of that out there. Now that that has actually come more in the form of corporations, businesses that people worked for in the past. So if you do have a pension out there somewhere, uh, and you need to make a decision about that, one option is to do a lump sum rollover. That's not right for everyone. That's not a recommendation, but that is one thing that you can do. The other thing that you can do is you can turn that income on at a certain point and maybe allow that to pay part of your uh, monthly income. But just be aware uh, that there are sometimes pensions out there that you don't even you don't even know you had. I've I had someone uh, this earlier at the end of last year actually that worked at one of our uh, first manufacturing complexes here in Bloomington and didn't know that he had a pension that was out there and it turned out to be. Fifty thousand dollars he didn't know about it just kind of added to the ledger, right? You know, well, these, could these we things. all be so lucky? Exactly right. right. These things kind of happen. Wayne, you spend a great deal of time working with um, government employees and with teachers, and um, tell us a little bit about uh, about the pension itself. What a pension is, and then we're going to get into some definitions and some terms and some planning. But what is a pension? Yeah, you know, specifically, I work with federal employees and state of Indiana employees and, and the pension system. So I know these two systems really well. We'll uh, talk about uh, teacher pension and, and government employee uh, pension in the state of Indiana. Basically, the state of Indiana is going to pay you a monthly payment for the rest of your life upon retirement, as long as you had at least some uh, service, uh, 10 years or more is, is the number for the state pension. And based on the number of years you work beyond that 10 years and how much money you were earning, uh, those are really the two factors that base how much your pension amount's gonna be. So for an Indiana school teacher, for instance, we kind of use a rule of thumb. Uh, an Indiana school teacher that has a, we'll call it a normal career, 30, 35 years, plus will generally have a pension that replaces one paycheck. Uh, and again, that's a rule of thumb. There is an actual calculation to that. But 
usually that pension after tax will replace about one full paycheck for a retiring teacher. Okay. And Social Security usually replaces the other one or comes really, those two combined come be, become really close to replacing full income. And, and that's a protected income sleeve. And, and, you know, when you think about when people have been on pensions and you've seen, you've been helping people do retirement planning for 15 years now, you, and you started with these school teachers and retirees right away. So you've seen people experience a pension for 15 years um, after a couple of years, what do they say about the pension? Is it just, uh, it's, you just get used to it, it's coming in? Or what, what's kind of the, the story with, with well, years of experience with the pension? You know, I think when, when, a new, uh, when a teacher is entering retirement, they don't really understand the power of the pension. Mm -hmm. Because like a lot of us in the private world that have 401k balances, I think we can all understand like what does a million dollars feel like, for instance, in a, in a 401k. We, we kind of, as humans, we kind of know what that means, that you know, mm -hmm. more money, less money, what, what, what that means. Teachers, when they retire, they don't really understand the pension part of it. And so it's always nerve wracking as they enter retirement wondering what their what their paychecks are going to be basically retirement sure. paychecks and so but as they get into it after a few months they kind of start to realize like oh okay this okay i like this i like this and then you know after a few years it's it's uh they've it's got an a really good understanding yes yeah. so on the on the indiana state for the teachers the teachers do they have an inflation adjustment on this pension or does it stay the same throughout their election. Of it is pension. it does stay the same for now. Uh, the Indiana teacher pension is is the same. There is what they call a 13th check that uh, could represent uh, they, they like for that to represent inflation adjustment, but the monthly paycheck's the same basically, Doug. And and the, there is this 13th check that often comes more times than not uh, on an annual basis. Uh, but there is talk about adding uh, a cost of living adjustment to the teacher pension. Now, Wayne, when you're talking about government employees and school teachers, I assume uh, that in the um, uh, I assume that in the breakdown of decisions that it's it's single or joint. Is that is you know a lot of pensions have different options if for school and government employees. Is it is it Two options, or are there several options? Uh, there are several options, uh, but you're right. Are, are we adding a survivor or not? One unique thing about a lot of state and federal pensions is they don't allow for multiple survivors, Doug. Okay. So, hey, I'm a, I'm a single guy. I've got three kids. I'd love to leave the pension to, um, but I've got to pick maybe my favorite one if I'm going to add one of my children as a survivor, right? Hmm. Uh, or I, I'm married, my spouse is older than me and maybe not in as good a health, but I can't risk not putting the spouse on as a beneficiary, uh, making assumptions, right? Because what happens if I do go first and my spouse is still surviving? But one of the things that you can't really do with the pension is go down generations. So I can't leave it to my spouse. And then, and then when we're both gone, leave it to children like you can assets. Okay. So again, doing a full pension review and really talking about the overall plan. And I know today we're talking about income planning, but also, you know, beneficiary planning, estate planning with your, with your overall pensions, investments, social security, really important topics to cover. Absolutely. And, and while we've been talking primarily about uh, 
government and and uh, and school teachers. I, I just want to say to everyone out there who has a pension, a lot of these definitions are the same. Uh, join and survivor is typically an option for everyone. Um, some people choose 100% survivor, and what that simply means is if you're getting $2,000 a month at your demise, then your your uh, beneficiary will get $2,000. Uh, there's no change in the monthly income that's coming in. You can get a higher income if you do single life, but the challenge there is if you pass away in six or 12 months, then there's no more payments. Uh, you can do 100% survivor that we've talked about. We can also do 50% survivor. And Wayne, you've probably seen some people do that. What is the most frequently opted uh, pension yeah. election? The three most common are single life with no survivor, 50% survivor benefit. So in your example, 2000 a month, I die, my beneficiary now gets 50% of that or 1000 a month for the rest of their life or the 100% survivor benefit. Those are the three most common pension elections that we, we see. And these come from, from pension plans that are offered through corporations, through states. Um, they're kind of, they're pretty much irreversible once you make those decisions you're pretty well locked in it's not an asset you're going to pass along it's an income you're going to spend um, so you need to make sure that you do a really good job uh, planning for this um, and also recognize that it's a, a steady income very seldom are there inflation adjustments maybe there's a 13th check there are some plans out there that do allow for inflation adjustments. Doug, I will also say this. If someone's out there and they have a pension already they're claiming and maybe their survivor has passed away, that's going to be a cue. It's a life-changing event. We may be able to get that pension recharacterized, huh. maybe even get a, a, a raise on that pension. Those things do exist uh, as well. So that's just something for the listeners out there. If anybody has had a beneficiary pass away in, in uh, the years past, then that would be maybe a, a phone call to us. We can maybe help with that. Absolutely. We're going to take a break. And Wayne, when, when we come back, we've been talking about uh, government workers, school teachers, and people who potentially had a pension out there from the past. When we come back, we're going to talk about people who don't have a pension and how they can perhaps create their own in retirement. This is Your Money with David Hayes. Wayne, nobody wants to run out of income. No, no. Nobody wants to lose their money. No. And there's a big question out there. Can I still have an income if I lose my money? Well, the answer is there are ways to do that. We've been talking about protected income that comes in the form of a pension payment, um, Social Security, which is another form of protected income. But as we said uh, in the last segment, so many corporations have moved away from pensions a lot of places don't even offer them. The vast majority of Americans don't even have a pension to be able to point to. And when we sit down and talk with people about their retirement plan and, and how they're going to pay for retirement, I always ask them, write down three forms of protected income that you have. And most people just have one, my Social Security, and one A, or two might be my spouse's Social Security. Let's talk a little bit about what people can do who don't have pensions, who are interested in, interested in, this isn't a recommendation, but are interested in having that experience like we talked about earlier. After about a year or two, you just kind of know the money's coming in. You don't even think about it. It just kind of is that old traditional view. You knew exactly what was coming in, when it was coming in. There wasn't an interruption to it. 
um, there are instruments out there that allow you to create your own pension. And you have a little more actually control with that because you can uh, choose how the money's invested and things of that nature. Um, the value of protected income in retirement, we can't say enough about that. And you said something really great in the last segment. People don't even really recognize the power of protected income until they've kind of experienced it. When you lose your income, it is life shattering. Mm -hmm. So we've everybody has seen the studies. They've heard a lot about Americans are afraid of running out of money. But that's not really the whole story. What we're afraid of is running out of money because that means there is no more income in retirement. And Doug, like you've just alluded to, and, and I'll say this before I say the, the bad word here, uh, you know, Social Security is an annuity. A pension payment is an annuity. And with the bringing of the 401k into the workforce and putting the responsibility onto us, the workers, to save money, you can, in retirement, purchase a lifetime pension, if you will, a, a, your own private pension through the use of some investment vehicles that do exist out there. And even if you run out of money in these vehicles, you're not going to run out of income. Your income is going to remain the same, if not more, and continue for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And, you know, there's there's always uh, naysayers and there's always people who have a lot of glee and zeal to talk about no matter what the investment is, whether it's mutual funds or index funds or individual stocks or annuities or REITs or whatever it is. There's always people on both sides. We always take a step back and say, what will keep you invested in a plan that works for you and what will help you and cause you to sleep well? And I, it may not be the same thing for your brother. It may not be the same thing for your coworker. It may not be the same thing for your children. Probably not. You need to be able to develop a retirement plan that suits your personality and your needs, not just what they tell you on TV, not just what some advisor somewhere push you. You need to have an income plan, not just income guessing. And don't be afraid to listen to the stories and the realities of other options that are out there. And people, I think, get a little bit a little bit stymied into what they just read and hear. Well, there's so there's thousands upon thousands of investment products out there, Doug. You could bring up one right now. And we will find two sides of the fence. We will find the pros, the cons that that talk about this investment vehicle. Um, there's a reason why there's so many investment channels and YouTube mm -hmm. channels and, and things like that. And that people can can argue really both sides to any investment that exists out there. You know, there's channels that now that talk about, you know, don't buy your own home rent for the rest of your life. And then there's other channels that talk about how to buy your own home and uh, use that in retirement. And so, Doug, having a guaranteed income stream for the rest of your life is undisputable. Mm -hmm. And as you enter an age where you no longer want to go back into the workforce or be forced to go back in the, into the workforce, having the guaranteed income streams, a predictable income stream, you do have some control over what these income streams will be as well, uh, is just absolutely amazing for, for today's retiree. Not every, not every dollar that you have to invest should be involved in something that has a, a limited distribution rate of, say, 5 or 6%. Not every dollar that you have should be also invested in something that could lose 30% of its value in a given year. Um, so allocation. Let's go back to things that you can control or have some control over. You can control 
how much of your income is going to be protected. You can have some control as to your your uh, asset allocation, right? You can you can be able to put a, a portfolio together that addresses a lot of these needs. And and for some people, Wayne, uh, just having predictable, steady, protected income means a whole lot more than beating an index. You know, Doug, it's it's you know the old eighty twenty rule, right? It's eighty percent of the battle is having an income in retirement that you're not going to outlive. And that really makes for a successful retirement. Now, we can talk about the other 20%, you know, what makes you happy, what are your goals, what are your needs on top of that guaranteed income. But we all need a place to sleep. Mm-hmm. We all need to pay our utilities. We all need to eat. We probably need a, uh, some form of transportation, whatever that is for you. So we've got to meet those basic needs without ever running the risk of running out of those basic needs. And as we get older, health care it ranks right up there. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going to happen when we need some assistance taking care of ourselves? Absolutely. Wayne, you know, when we think about things that are irreversible, decisions that really can't be turned back, um, Social Security, there's a couple different ways, and one of them has a time frame of 12 months. The other is getting a job. When we talk about pensions, you really can't turn that back around once you've elected it. Um, an annuity, which gives you the same protected type of income, you do you do have the ability to make some, turn the income on, turn it off. You, you are allowed to make some decisions there. All three of those, though, allow people to know that no matter what's going on in the markets, their income is, they, they know a baseline. And so we're not making recommendations about strategies or products today. What we're just saying is it's a very wise decision to move from income pl- guessing income planning. And once you make these decisions, you need to know that there are some limits with how they work and they can change and what allows for inflation and things of that nature. So very, very important to find good, honest uh, ideas and good thoughtful processes as to how you should do that. So if we've described anything today, we talked a little bit about uh, Medicare and so forth, uh, but income planning versus income guessing, what you can control, what you cannot control, and hopefully things that don't necessarily control you, like fear and greed in the markets. All this points to a very, very uh, rest-easy and uh, solid retirement. We're going to take one last break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about next week's show, This Is Your Money, with David Hayes. Well, thank you for joining Wayne Thacker and I today on uh, Your Money with David Hayes. Been a good discussion about pensions, good discussion about Social Security, good discussion about protected income for a lifetime. Uh, David is out this week enjoying a little bit warmer weather and maybe some fun activity. I'll let him tell you where he's been when he comes on next week. But Wayne, thank you for being with us. And I know you've spent a lot of time on Social Security and pension planning. And so thank you for being here to provide some expertise. Folks, you know where to find us. Your Money with David Hayes, 1370, on Thursday nights from 6 to 7 o'clock, and then also Saturday mornings at 9 a.m., so you can always catch us there. We always There's a podcast that David has going on. Always come to our website, www.cfci.us. You can find us anywhere. Uh, we're doing all kinds of things. We look forward to talking to every one of you soon. Have a great week. 
The preceding program was brought to you by Comprehensive Financial Consultants and CFCI, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities are offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through CFCI and J.W. Cole Advisors. J.W. Cole Financial, J.W. Cole Advisors, and CFCI are unaffiliated entities. 